0: No relation. no relation with us as always is Ian Phone Smith. related to me not related to me this month's topic is movies yeah
1: and how I'm curious to see how people interpret that
0: um we have three very special guests <sighs> yes, we do. I will let them introduce themselves why don't we start with Dana
2: hello my name is Dana Powell hi Dana hi I'm an actress And a mother. Yes. (laughs) That's a job too. Um, I live in Los Angeles Uh and a fun fact about me is I had a sugar glider, which is basically a flying squirrel for 14 years. (gasps) She was my child before I had a child, (laughs) traveled, went to the Grand Canyon, lovely, lovely little squirrel. a real squirrel? Oh yeah. How do I not know that? I don't know. Okay, that's a fun fact. It's a fun we're, fact. We're gonna, a fun, 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 dumb fact. On that. What was point.
3: the sugar glider's name?
2: Atriana. <coughs> what oh. is
3: your actual child's name? Henry. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you guys Good were worried. I was just curious. <laughs> question.
0: Ethan.
3: Uh, my name is Ethan Irwin. I am a movie producer and writer. I live in beautiful Hollywood, uh, California.
0: Beautiful
1: Hollywood. <laughs> beautiful. Not she the did... regular part of Hollywood. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. No, tourists, come check it out. You definitely will not be disappointed by <laughs> Hollywood. Uh, I don't but a fun fact I'm a Sagittarius I like long walks on the beach candlelit dinners and a, and a nice Chablis
1: you know what you were also the first my first time guest to bring a guest oh yes, yes. so
2: oh. silent guest
1: I did,
3: I did I did guess what I, I brought I, I brought my wife uh, Meredith, hi,
2: Meredith hi Meredith hi she's beautiful you did well, uh,
3: well and, and, what's, and what's crazy is she's a uh, really exceptional uh, writer and filmmaker um, and so yeah, we. Uh, that doesn't seem crazy she, to me at all. <laughs> so well, no, that's. I mean, then she's also just you know really beautiful. She's I really I produced great.
4: his first film. He produced my first film. Yeah. So. Oh,
5: awesome! Cool. Did you say what you do, Ethan? Yeah. Okay,
4: uh, I or? I'm a movie oh, producer at a company called. A...
3: called uh, <laughs> Sil- yeah. No, I I tuned me out too. Uh, I, I produce films at a company called Silver Pictures. Cool.
4: Awesome.
5: Uh, my name is Todd Berger. I am a writer, director, actor. Um, I'm in Four Unions. Wow. So That's ooh. a lot of dues. I pay a lot of dues, yeah. but I get a lot of screeners. Uh, <laughs> it's worth it. Um, I live in Pasadena, California, the City of Roses, mm-hmm. uh, where they have the parade every year. <laughs> um, and a fun fact about me, let's see. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Cajun French. Oh, wow. And uh, I have never been to a Red Lobster.
1: Yeah. that's awesome never never set foot <laughs> on one good. never That is that like a pride of New Orleans. it is yeah, yeah.
5: they really if, if a Long John Silver's or a red, like any chain uh-huh. seafood restaurant gets run out of town immediately
0: uh-huh. <laughs> like people violently attack <laughs> yes, it yes they're not happy it's like
5: torches and pitchforks oh. but I keep hearing about these things called cheddar bay biscuits they're right
0: really there. good
5: <laughs> and so I'm torn emotionally because I want to try one I'm but I've never yeah. okay oh. deal alright deal yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> um okay so, so uh movies
4: yeah so I think I'm, you're
0: first I'm going to go first what's interesting is that Todd just spoke because the first movie I've ever been in is the Happy Time Murders Yay! Yeah. Yay! written by Todd what? and actually I've met Todd before but the way this episode came together was Mary Joe, Ian Dana and I we're out watching it uh, on its like sort of big weekend debut. And we met our guests because they were also there watching it on its big weekend debut. And it all came together. And it all came together.
3: Um, uh, can I just say, it really, Meredith is the
5: one who put this all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Meredith is the one who's like, you should, you had should had really go talk to them. I may have
0: yeah. stalked Colleen a little <laughs> yes. bit. Well, the... we, well all,
5: we all went to the Arclight Friday night, 8.15 showing. And I wasn't surprised to run into someone else from the movie there, but I was afterwards. I was like, "Wait, why? Why weren't more people from the movie Friday at eight o'clock at the ArcLight?" Well, seems-
0: Henson had a like friends and family screening, so a bunch of people went to that. That's true. I was there. Whatever. Oh, um, I mean, great. So I was. <laughs> this is so fresh that probably the story is a story I should tell years from now when I actually can no, see it exactly. and know what it is. Um, so I was just trying to think of things. That but for maybe, people who
1: haven't seen it. Like describe the movie
4: very quickly. Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So the movie is called The Happy Time Murders. It's a sort of film noir about uh, humans and puppets living together, and there was a show called The Happy Time Gang, which is one of those like eighties children's shows. And now somebody is mysteriously picking them off. And the brother of one of the stars, he's a uh, ex cop now private eye, is investigating it. And he's his, a puppet. He's a puppet with his former human partner played by Melissa McCarthy. Right. Um, it's a comedy. Uh, it's a dirty comedy. It's so funny. a so uh, dirty. Uh, so I, I want to say some things I think that I just never knew about movies before. Okay. Like when Brian Henson said that this was going ahead, that they'd you know, gotten a lead and it was happening, and I was going to be in it no matter what, what part I got, uh, my agent called me and was like... Um, okay, you know, the, the sort of deal for Puppeteers is about the same. It's not really negotiable. But he, they actually got us good money for people who would never done movies before. Um, I don't know if people know this about you that listen to this podcast,
1: that you are one of Henson's
0: puppeteers. Yeah, I'm a Henson yeah. puppeteer. And I said to him, the only thing I really want to negotiate, because I know it's favored nations amongst the puppeteers, is I'd really like to just have my own bathroom. <laughs> and I didn't realize that, like, the SEX, the company who produced this, they kind of, they make big budget, low budget films. These are not hundreds of thousands or hundreds of millions of dollars films. So instead of getting the one thing I wanted, which was a bathroom, I got like a hallway that had a chair that if you lifted it up, there was a toilet in it. What? (laughs) Yeah, but they weren't connected to anything. So I was never in that. The other thing was everything I had done with Henson had been either on the Henson lot, which is five seconds from my house, walking. I mean, it's so close. Uh, or, you know, in the greater L.A. area. And this was shot out in Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. Which I found out uh, there is a rule that... Because I thought, when someone said Santa Clarita, I was thinking of, like, Santa Cruz or Santa Barbara, and I was like, oh, we'll be away. We'll be at some fun place. (laughs) You
4: were away. And it was like,
0: no, if... Uh, there's a rule that 30 miles out in whatever direction yeah, the the TMZ yeah from the center of wherever the center of LA is then that isn't commuting that is just you go so it's like oh so and actually it's not bad you drive against traffic so it's not terrible but when you think about filming a movie your first movie you don't think about driving out to Santa Clarita (laughs) why can't I say Clarita? I don't know next to Magic Mountain But they they gave you a driver, surely. No, no, no. Of course not. (laughs) Uh, So then, you know, uh, being on set was also a really interesting thing because I'm really good friends with Brian Henson. I've known Melissa McCarthy for years and Ben Falcone. Uh, There were various people on the set that I've known in and out of my life for a long time and, and been very close with. But you realize this isn't about you at all, <laughs> that uh, people are nice to you and they're polite to you and they catch up with you when they can, but everybody is stressed and working and has a million things to do, and no one cares about your feelings. <laughs> oh, God. And no one was mean to me at all, but there's those moments where you're like, "Hey, what's going on?" And they're like, "Yeah," cool. and they're dealing with a thousand decisions. And Brian's like wasting away with stress; he's getting skinnier and skinnier. And I'm like, oh, Brian's not paying attention to me. Oh, uh, you know, just like losing my mind. <laughs> and there was this moment, if you see the movie, there's a sugar smack den. And I'm playing, I'm underneath a stage with a stick attached to a puppet, sticking it up and down, making it look like it's passed out and breathing. <laughs> And, uh, and I'd gotten direction about not overly making it breathe. So I'm super insecure about it. And I was just under this, like, in this hole, sticking a stick up and down, watching a, a puppet breathe. And I was like, it's not about you, Colleen. It's not about you. And, like, the breathing of the puppet became my, like, breathing. And I was like, just deep breaths. Like, deep breaths. Don't make it about you. So... That feeling of, like, I'm going to be on a movie and I'm going to be a star quickly dissipates when you realize you're just one of a million problems that someone has to solve. And that's I have what, a
2: question. Yes. What did What did you want? Were you wanting to do bits or? I think
0: I just <laughs> wanted it to just always be like, hey, what's going on? What's right. You know, I think anything, I. it was such a weird thing because, I'm trying to think of a way to word this that doesn't make me sound disgusting.
1: <laughs> Don't worry about here. that. I yeah. think
0: when you're used to praise, and I, I think everybody who's been an actor in this room understands this, that when you're a guest on something, or you're a co-star, or you're something, you only get notes if you're messing something up. That's Correct. Nobody yeah. cares about you. It's Correct. all about the lead performance and you're just there to facilitate that. Right. And if you're being funny, no one will really go like, "Great job." Like nope. a, a, a crew person will tell you or another <laughs> right. cast member, but the director will rarely go like, "Oh my god, that was so funny. Great." They're going to go straight to their star, yeah, and discuss it, and you know that no news is good news. But it's weird because you just assume you're doing something terrible yeah. because no one you just like Acted your heart out, and nobody went like, "You're amazing." <laughs> right, but they came up to the lead and said, "Great job," yeah. and now let's, you know. So you're just you're in that thing, and you're used to that. Well, there's right? so,
1: there's something that's sort of a given if you're in a movie, you're probably great.
0: Great, oh, yes. That's, so
5: that's what the money's for.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Ah. So I was used to that, but this was something where, you like, a I sheet for the next day. Yeah, like... I knew everybody, so I thought it would be like. Praise, 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 praise. And it wasn't. It was just like, nobody said I was doing anything wrong other than tell me I was making a cave woman breathe too heavy. Uh, well, it was a cave woman puppet that had been dressed up to look like a sugar-smack person. Um, so it was like, oh, I just had to readjust. Right. And I'd never worked on a movie before. And there was another thing, and this kind of the only thing I'll tell about this and then we'll move on, is um, we Kevin Clash was our puppet captain. And the puppet captain is in charge of the puppeteers. And a lot of times... Will If there's smaller parts or assignments, they will assign the puppeteers to it. The director doesn't do it, and you yes. don't necessarily even audition for those parts. So there was this one scene where, uh, I'm going to give something away in the movie, but <gasps> a bunny peas, glitter and poops plastic eggs. <laughs> and the main crew was filming something, and the secondary crew was filming this. And Kevin was in charge of us, and he had these two very experienced puppeteers helping him do this. And a third puppeteer who was like mentoring, like learning how to be a puppeteer. And me and um, uh, another puppeteer are standing there watching. And the very experienced puppeteer gets called away to go (laughs) do something on the main unit. And so me and Ted Michaels as the other puppeteer go, do you want us to pop in? We can help. We we can pop in. (laughs) And Kevin says, no, it's fine. We can do it without you guys. We don't actually need another person. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So we watch them do it, and then Drew, the very experienced puppeteer, comes back. He's like, hey, guys, I didn't need me. It turns out, and then Kevin's instantly like, okay, Drew, get back in here. (laughs) And me and Ted were like, wait a minute. You'd rather have no puppeteers than have us. And then what Drew had to do was hold the plastic egg in his hand and drop one and then the other. And I kept saying, you know, I I know how to hold things (laughs) and let go of them. You know, you're not even asking me to puppeteer something. It's just like, I I can put something in my hand and then release it. (laughs) You've
4: cooked a reel Yeah, I can do
0: that. So that was another thing, which was, it was funny because, you know, Kevin's worked for a gajillion years on a million things. Like, his quality of puppetry is, I understand it, but it was just another one of those things where your brain just goes, I am not special (laughs) in this moment. Um, So I feel like that's kind of it. Like, it was... It was weird, it was sort of anticlimactic, you know, it was like this lovely thing to do, but then it was just sort of done. Yeah. And then this movie came out faster than most movies come out, so I guess I didn't have to wait nearly as long as a lot of people have to do to see. that's
1: fairly remarkable given the amount of effects and the rod removal and all that all that stuff that they have to do. When
0: did it shoot? We shot last year. Last September,
5: Yeah, October. it started
0: on my birthday, August yeah, yeah, 30th. Actually,
5: my yeah. first day to visit the set was like the second or third or fourth day. And it was the day you guys were shooting The Sugar Smack Den. Yeah. And I showed up and it was the magic of seeing all my characters and yeah. world come to life. And then about an hour and a half into watching you guys practice, like rehearse, yeah. The sugar den, I was like, this is really boring. Like, <laughs> and after like three or four hours, I'm just like, I, I'm in Santa Clarita, and I want to get home before the traffic starts. Yeah, you have to, you have to either yeah. stay
0: really late or go really yeah. early.
5: And yeah, I think I was there for three hours, and I saw you guys do one take of that scene. Because wow. there were like seven puppeteers working at the same time, and it was so complicated. Yeah, And that's when I was like, I might come back a couple times, but I'm well, good. I don't good. Do this. That, that's one thing
2: that amazed me, because at the end of the movie, you kind of see how some things work there's like little outtakes or whatever Yeah, and like some of those things took six or seven people Mm -hmm. to do like it was incredible Yeah,
0: and I mean if you're used to working with puppets it's normal paced it was actually very fast paced but if you're not you would find it the most like slow
1: but it's also fascinating
0: it is fascinating
2: I always just assumed it's like One person using their hands, feet, teeth, fingers, like, (laughs) everything they can. But it's a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And some people, I mean, Bill Beretta can do incredible things with, like, his hand and then one finger is doing something else. Oh, wow. Like, he's insane. Um, I felt like I had a parting comment about this movie, and I don't know what it is. Go see it. Go see it. It's so fun.
2: I, you want to know an interesting fact, I know it's not my story time, I'm sorry, but it's okay. when you said Drew, that he was the very experienced puppeteer, in the early 2000s I was a nanny, and I nannied for a puppeteer on Crank Yakers, and he was doing it. Oh my god, He's it was been doing it for so long. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing
0: it forever. You
2: guys are so amazing, it's like, you do it forever and you just get funnier and funnier, and your hands, I guess, get stronger, <laughs> right? Do you have, like, Hulk hands?
0: Sort of. There's a puppeteer who, if he clenches his hand, the, like... Flesh between I guess the knuckle of the index finger and your thumb like bulges like oh. th- that
3: vein has a vein Yeah, it's very I mean, odd. That's impressive
0: uh, Oh, uh, you know what I'll, I'll close with is not about this movie because I do think that the end of this will be like Years from now and I can look back on it with perspective is I just want to say the first movie I ever saw that I remember I would have been under five and it was poltergeist
4: oh. Oh, great. Oh, great. Great. Good
0: movie. There you go wow. Yay! Yay! Dana, you're up (laughs) (laughs) Dana Powell Uh,
2: I'm going to talk about my first movie as well The first movie I was in Which was Bridesmaids Yes Yes, I was very, very lucky Um, A lot of our friends, you know, knew Kristen much better than I did I had never met Kristen before, Kristen Wiig And then, of course, I did know Annie, but I'm not the type of person that, like, calls my friends and is like, hey, help me out if you can, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So I went through just, like, normal channels, and um, one of the most interesting parts for me was the audition process, because my first audition, I auditioned with Kristen. Um, She was there for the audition? She auditioned with me it was an improvised audition wow and we got a scene and they were like you know you can kind of follow this scene and then also we're just gonna try whatever and I think they just wanted to see how people worked together so I had never met Kristen Wiig before and we improvised a scene I don't remember what it was about but the scene (laughs) our faces kept getting closer and closer and closer (laughs) together until our lips were touching as we talked and we had like a two-minute scene where our lips were just (laughs) touching (laughs) and I remember thinking Oh my God, she is so awesome. She doesn't know me from Adam. I mean, you know, I could have like lip diseases. (laughs) She would have no idea. But she just went with it, and it was so fun. We had a blast. And then at the callback, I I didn't realize that in movies like big. I can't believe Kristen
1: Wiig was at your first round audition. Yeah,
4: crazy. Good for her.
2: Yeah, it was her, Paul Feig, a couple other like some producers. And um, then when I went back for my callback, um, I didn't know when you're in movies there's like. At the callback, there's food. Like they mic mic you up and then you can go get food before Uh, you go. I've never had that happen before. I've never heard of this before.
1: Oh, really? I got spoiled. So I had lots lots of movie callbacks and that's never happened. I went
2: went up to the food table just to look because I didn't want to have food in my teeth, but I was like, this is fancy. And a guy turns around and he goes, oh my gosh, Dana. And I just stared at him, and he was like, I know you don't know who I am, my name's Judd, but I saw your tape last night, and I love you. And I was like, I know who you are, (laughs) Judd Apatow. And he couldn't have been nicer, and of course Paul Feig too. They were so encouraging as we went into audition, and so I ended up getting a small part, but it's lucky for me, very memorable in the movie. I play um, the airline, what's the appropriate thing to say? Flight Flight attendant. Flight attendant, yeah, that's what I thought. Some people still say... I love again. the word stewardess myself. It but. sounds fancy, but yeah. I don't it's think nostalgic. it's nostalgic. Like a yeah.
0: steward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: So I got very lucky to be on the plane scene. That's,
0: yeah. uh,
4: that's it
2: great. was. I, I really do think I got spoiled because it was the most fun ever. You had a million friends. <laughs> in I had that lots scene. of friends yeah. in the scene. Um, we shot out towards Santa Clarita on a real plane fuselage. Mm-hmm. So I got to see the big people, like the big yellow. Uh, accordion things that are the size of giant <laughs> sewer tunnels that that they pump in cold air because yes. it gets really hot in there. So we had that. They let us improvise a lot. Um, it just was. And then, oh, this is a cool part that people probably don't know. We were sitting on the plane and they were still trying to decide like what music they wanted at the end for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was Kristen or Maya or somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I mean Wilson Phillips, everybody knows that." And they were like, "No, they don't." And then all of us started singing,
4: that song. and they're like,
2: "I guess people do." And so that's what they ended up getting. Wow, Wilson that's Phillips, really which was cool. Really fun. I also Mitch Silpa and I were the flight attendants together, so that was very fun. And we had um, honey wagons. And our toilet was under our bench seat. Yeah, it was that my yes. thing? up. And oh. we had an accordion thing between our rooms, so we would laugh, and, and Mitch would make fart noises. <laughs> so, and it was not, it was uncomfortable. So we got very lucky, because Annie and Kristen, being as amazing as they are, were like, come to our giant RV thing we have. So we got to hang out in there.
3: Oh, oh not just for the bathroom, but for the, just to, just to hang out. Hang That's out,
2: yeah. I mean, I guess I could have took a dump in there if I didn't <laughs> too, but I don't, I don't think <laughs> um, so that was very fun. It was neat to see like how you shoot on a plane. Um, yeah, it just was the most incredible experience ever. And then I ended up getting cut into the, the trailer, you know, the yeah. previous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that played all the time. And then uh, they used that for, like, the Oscars and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was in the Oscars. Like, everything that happened just couldn't have been more incredible. And... It was such a amazing experience uh, the we finished I finished shooting at like two or three in the morning on a Thursday night, so it was Friday day, I guess and that next night I was supposed to go see a play with a friend and I ended up uh, slipping on ukulele finger chart music. <sighs> and did the splits and hit my arm on the doorknob in my bedroom and shattered my entire
5: arm. Oh my goodness.
2: Literally Wait, like what? hours Say after I shot the movie. again. That old story. That old story. <laughs> I slipped on ukulele finger chart music.
5: Like, like it was on the ground. It was on the floor. Okay.
2: And my arm hit my doorknob in my bedroom and it shattered my entire arm. Oh my oh. god. And the bones died. <gasps> They had to dig out all my dead bones. Oh. oh! The doctor on call was sick, so I had to go to like live for three days with a shattered arm. <gasps> and so our friends Sarah Baker and Jillian Bell would walk me to the bathroom because Dan Tipton was working on a movie, so he was away. Her husband. My husband, sorry. And uh, <laughs> every time they walked me, they could hear my bones grinding oh, together. Oh, god! And I would and I would cry, and they would be like.
5: Ooh, like God! Was there, there's only like one bone shatter guy in all of the town? Like all the to This is a major metropolitan area. Yeah, I, I agree a, with this. It looks like you're in Santa Clarita. Yeah. Oh, or do you have Permanente? It, I live in,
2: I live in Lake Balboa, so they wanted to take me to the quickest hospital. And so it was, you know, there was one guy uh, over wow. the weekend on Dana. call. And he really messed it up because two years later my son broke the rod and that's when they rotor rooted my leg and 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 got bone material out of that and shoved it in my arm. It was a 10-year process. My Jesus. mouth
3: is just a gape.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't see this, but it's just... So, enjoy Bridesmaids! <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, what's crazy about your story is the parallels that I forgot about, which is... On one of the days that we were shooting, Mitch Silva was working and yes. he had a nice big trailer. Did he? And I did go hang out in his trailer. Good. So he paid it forward and I did use his bathroom. Yeah. Because he had his own bathroom. Good. Um wait, there was something else you said that I can't remember. Oh, the getting the song in the end, um we, I wanted to do this thing in the movie where I was like, like rap parties. They always have some sort of like music video or something, right? Yeah. So I made the people who well, I didn't make them. I pestered them, and then they figured out how to do it. The people who did the B roll, or no, the like behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. do this music video where we use the song "I Want Candy" that Jennifer yeah. Smith suggested. Oh, right. I- and that we did it like on the secret with puppets and we made this little music video for the rap video but then it ended up in the credits mm-hmm. oh. and then i slipped on a piece of cardboard that you put inside a t-shirt and slipped and fell, and shattered my elbow. Oh, wow. Oh so, Dean and I are the same. And yes. we're both redheads. redheads? And yes. we're both
2: redheads. Oh, my gosh. Are you bizarro Dana or am I bizarro Colleen?
0: I don't know. <laughs> but that's our sitcom pitch. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. All right. Ethan. Oh, uh, well, hello. Hi, hello. Ethan. I'm
1: so excited to hear what you have to share.
3: I, uh, my first movie, well, you know, you brought up something before that I thought was, was interesting, which is the first movie you saw in the theater. I have no recollection of this because I think I was like six months old, but apparently the first movie I saw in the theater was Peter Pan. Oh. Yeah, I made a film. I, but Were I you I'm, born in, like, the 50s? Yeah, no, it was a, original release. Yeah. Wow. It was a Peter Pan Song of the South double feature. It was, uh... Oh. They don't play that mm. anymore.
2: Wait, is that oh. true? You mean, like...
4: Oh. No, I
3: mean, like, like Peter Pan, like, you know, the Disney used to before... Disney movie, yeah. uh, Oh, the yeah. Disney You people, yeah. yes. You people who are listening to this may recall that Disney used to, like, ever, before the advent of video cassette tape...
1: Before the vault.
3: Yes. The, before the movies went in the vault, every, like, two to three years, they would re-release yes. all of their animated films. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was... You know, a, an infant. I saw Peter Pan, apparently. Animated. Not, Animated. Not Mary Martin. Not Mary Martin. <laughs> yeah. This is the the cartoon Yes, of the film. Uh, so I produce films. I work in a company called Silver Pictures. I've worked there for about 15 years. I started as an intern while I was in school. Uh, and then I now, uh, I run it. The whole feature department. Oh, wow. Produce movies, and it's fun and exciting. Uh, wow. But I didn't always want to do that. I I think growing up, you know, you watch movies and you you don't know. You know, you just see what people do and you don't know what that means. And so I was like, I want to be a director. That sounds good. That name always comes at the top of the credits. Let's do it. <laughs> and so I went to school. I went to uh, the film school, uh, the Tisch Film School at uh, NYU, which is where Meredith and I met. She was oh, studying wow. theater. And I was like, I want to be a director. And, like, my first my first movie that I did was, it was just a dumb short movie that uh, – I I I put everything together, I did, you know, I I basically did everything a producer would do and then it became it was like the first day of shooting and everybody showed up and I'm like, Well look, I've I've done like the shot list, I've I brought everyone together, Uh, I I wrote the script, you guys just go make this movie. And I'm like, maybe I don't wanna be a director. maybe I want to be a producer who can say, you guys go make That's this movie right.
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you.
4: And I, uh, uh,
3: and and so yeah, ever and since then, I, I have produced a, a number of films, the, but the first one I, the first movie I actually, like movie movie I worked on was a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, um, good that movie. Shane Black wrote and directed the star Robert Downey Jr. and mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. And I was, I, like when I say worked on it, I was the assistant to one of the producers. Um, uh, but, but she was awesome. And, I was the worst assistant. Like, there are certain things that you're like cut out for, mm-hmm. and there are certain things you are not. And this was amongst those that I, I should not have done. I, I just like, I, I, probably should have been fired, but because they like liked my like story notes and stuff, they they promoted me. But there was a time like there was a premiere she really wanted to go to, and she's like, just get, get make sure I can get into. it. I'm like, great, I've, I'll take care of it. And Then like this is this is months later, she says, so what's uh, what's going on with that premiere? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what is going on with that? And she goes because it was last night.
4: Oh my I'm gosh! Like, oh.
3: Right, did not get fired though. Wow. There's she went to she went abroad to shoot a film to to produce this this movie called Hazard Wax, and back. This is before you could do a bunch of like internet bill pay and all that stuff. So she would like FedEx me or like I would go to her house pick up the bills that got you know in, from the mail every week. I'd like FedEx that to her in Australia. She would she would like do write the check do, do the thing FedEx it back to me, and. I don't. I still don't think this is totally my fault. But when she got home, her gas had been turned off.
2: Oh my gosh! Based on your previous story about missing the premiere, I feel like it is your fault. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, there is a pattern that has formed. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did it. I was just. I got promoted instead, and and so I. And it's the same company I've worked at for, for fifteen years. I also. And this is this is gonna be a, a slight deviation because this is about the first TV show I worked on. Also for the same company, it was a TV show, uh, called Moonlight that uh, was a vampire private detective show. Yeah. Oh. CBS primetime. was very exciting. First show
0: I, I ever audition- worked
5: on. I auditioned for that one. Did oh, you? wow. Yeah play a doctor and didn't get it
0: there was a previous okay. vampire cop show do you remember it ian it was yes. dark
3: no it was angel after dark or- uh, no no yes there was there yes the, yeah you're right there was the one. there was another one of dark Ger- was in the name starring Durant went davies i know that i yes. don't remember the name of the show
0: wow. i watched that one i did not watch moonlight
3: that's okay the, you're one of probably about 7 billion people <laughs> who did not check it out i saw Moonlighting. Uh, is that the same thing
0: no oh.
3: No, but the movie the movie was the the new the um the Barry Jenkins film was yeah loosely based on it (laughs) Ah. if you kind of watch them side by side you'll see the comparisons but something that i would just it was a a fine lesson to learn uh on that one was you know i was a writer on it and a producer on it and you something you don't don't think about or at least i didn't think about was the kind of creative needs versus the financial needs Mm -hmm. and so we had this uh, Sequence that I wrote for the episode, which was going to be the you know kind of the big sequence of the of of the episode. It was the the season finale and ending the series finale. Uh, but it was the season finale, <laughs> and it was this big cool chase through Union Station uh, in downtown, and it are going to be. That's you know, one of my
1: favorite places on the planet. Because it's that yeah, yeah, Station.
3: it's beautiful. I'm right. I, a certain person I know. Named Todd Berger got married. There. That's right, I got married. <gasps> oh, That's really?
1: like my dream is to get married there.
3: It's a reality. I did it. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I did, and did
1: you get on yeah. a train? Don't at the hijack. End?
5: stories, sorry.
3: sorry. No, no it's yeah. fine. It was a lovely wedding, though. You guys. Ethan was there. Ethan was there. You at for the sure. Wedding, Meredith so and I were both amazing. there. It was great. Wow. Was uh, but we're, it was supposed to be this awesome chase, like leaping between trains, and it was going to be awesome. And like three weeks before we were, no, probably two and a half weeks before we we're going to start shooting it, the the line producer comes up, and goes, look. We aren't, we weren't able to get Union Station. Like Union Station, like we oh. weren't able
5: to do it. I'm like, oh shit. Have you been to Santa
3: Clarita?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: wish, I wish we were Santa Clarita. He says, he says, but look, look here. We can, we, can you come up with something different? And I'm like, well, what about? Okay. If, 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 what about like the Greyhound station downtown? It's not as cool, but you've got buses, you know, guys can be darting in between them, you've got the LA Skyline, it'll be you, you, it'll be okay. He's like, great. Oh, like three days before we're going to shoot, look, we cannot get that Greyhound oh, station. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh man, well, okay, well, all right, fine, let's just, let's bring some buses to the Warner Brothers back lot, we'll just, we'll, we'll recreate it there, it won't be as cool, but it'll be fine. He goes, we can't do that either. I'm like, what, what, what do we got? He's like, we have a, a house on the back lot. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm like, well, that is wow. very different for this climactic chase sequence that ended up being two guys like running through a house and like tackling a guy out of a window.
4: Wow.
3: There is a reason. I probably should have seen the writing on the wall that maybe we weren't going to get picked up <laughs> for a second season. <laughs> when they're like, but CBS is like, well, maybe we're not going to do the big chase down there. Uh, and then just uh, lastly, the other kind of first was my first. The first movie I got to produce uh on my, like kind of on my own, I was like the lead, the lead producer of it uh, at the company, which is a film called The Book of Eli, oh, yeah. which came out in 2010, oh, uh, starring Denzel Washington. And it was such a crazy experience, because I went to... A, we had hired a writer to work on the script, but because we were stupid, we also hired that writer to work on Sherlock Holmes, and so we had to send that guy to London. And <laughs> oh. so when Denzel Washington was like, hey, I've got some notes, we're like, oh, well... <laughs> that guy's no longer around so I went to his house with like my laptop because I also because I wrote on Moonlight you guys people's choice of winning, winning <laughs> Moonlight and uh they're like even you just go do it and so I went to his house with my laptop and 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 I got like, I, he lives up in like the you know in the, up in the hills and beautiful you know beautiful home I pull up it's you know it's it's a, it's a nice house but it's not like incredible it's you know but a big two-story house really well appointed and, and he, and he, like, What's I said, yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Stick around to the end of the show, guys. Um, and he, uh, and, you know, I'm sitting around waiting for him. Finally, he comes in, and I managed to not throw up on him. Yeah. You know? And we're, and he's cool. He's like, hey, you want orange juice? I'm like, sure. And he starts juicing me orange juice. Yeah. Wow. And we start, like, and we start working on the script. And I put in, like, where he's like, okay, so we'll do, you know, he wanted to modify the scene. And I write this little bit. There's like, you know, Eli, he plays this character named Eli, it's a post-apocalyptic action film. Like, you know, Eli turns and smiles. He goes, oh, well, I'm going to smile, okay, is that right? You're, that's what I'm going to do here? And I'm like, well, well, we'll just delete, delete that. that <laughs> <laughs> anyway, da, da, da. And then finally, after we worked for, you know, several hours that day, and he, uh, he says, hey, why don't you come out to the house? I'm like, come out to the house? I'm in the house. This is like I'm in the house that's larger than the home I grew up in, that bigger than most house I've ever been in, and it was just a guest house. Wow! Oh and was, and, it, and then through there, like through that portal, you then got out to his, uh, the rest of his massive estate, which is like 38 helipads and wow, <laughs> oh and it was it, it was it was incredible. But it was a it was an eye-opening experience. And it was it was cool because it was during the. Um, 2008 election it was on it, I was actually working at his house on election day in 2008. Wow. And obviously he was a big Obama supporter yeah. and we're like and, and at one point Samuel L. Jackson called and goes, we're doing it we just we just got Ohio it's happening. Wow Wow. And wow. As, as the numbers started coming in at one point he's like, look, we're gonna have to wrap this up because uh, I just chartered a plane I'm going to Chicago right now. I'm like, okay cool. Wow yeah. oh my I, gosh. I'll just, I I can see myself out. It's cool. <laughs> Why
4: didn't you have to go?
3: you know what I did not even think that it, that was an option <laughs> oh. but now but in hindsight obviously I, I, I should have done that yeah. yeah but yeah those are I have I'm sorry, I have no cohesive tale you know that oh other than, oh, other than lastly to say after doing all that after working on like these films you know Book of Eli big movie and I've worked on Sherlock Holmes I produced a film that uh, Meredith my wife wrote and directed uh, at AFI she was part of the di- directing workshop for women she was selected it's a really prestigious program so they give that's you a like, of, awesome. that's
2: a huge yeah. process yeah.
3: Yeah. congratulations yeah yeah it was yeah. crazy yeah Good process yes. yeah <laughs> but I so I, and I I produced that movie having again produced a number, of, a number of films at this point. It
1: was like how we would know if we made it through that together, we could actually yeah. get married. Yeah. Yeah. We could yeah. Each yeah. We could get that was it. Yeah. We made it, guys. We made it. That was it. Yeah.
3: That, that was a test. But it was, I got a great appreciation for what actual like producing is. It's not like sitting behind the monitor and being like, I don't know. Maybe we should take that again. I don't know if this makes sense. <laughs> it's literally like, I drove, I drove the crew trucks, and I like yeah. did all the catering, and I like I, I, I rented this machine called Coffee Bot 2000 that was like the most incredible like self-serve coffee machine that I just anyway it was it was incredibly That's awesome. eye-opening. That's
0: our joke about Coffee Bot 2000.
3: Oh, coffee bot. coffee bot! has come from the future to caffeinate the past. And, but it was it was just eye opening to see what what it takes to put a movie together, and I just I got from a great appreciation.
0: Wow. What is? Can we see this film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's. Um... It's called Void,
1: and it's on Amazon. Tribeca picked it as one of the few films from AFI to distribute, so you can see it on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Cool. Uh, it's called Void, and again, I'm there, a lot too. of things are called Void. So
0: look up Void <laughs> Meredith Berg, and you'll find it. Oh
4: yeah! Awesome. Wow. But it's
3: an awesome movie, <laughs> and I learned like more on that movie, I think, than any other movie. It's sort of
0: a Twilight Zone feel. Kind of, like. Oh, cool.
5: Well, I've seen it. it. It's good.
0: That's oh, all good. good. I
5: was at the premiere.
2: Yay! I had a question. Oh, May I oh, ask a question? Yeah, Is that was, sure? Oh, did you stop? No, sorry, no, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had a question about um, when Denzel <laughs> um, wanted to meet. I make just some... call him D. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do don't you mind. think he'd get mad if I was like Denny?
3: <laughs> I mean, probably, I said give right? it a shot. I mean, you already yeah. were going to ask if you'd go to Chicago. So. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm about to ask Denzel yeah. Washington everything I can. Yes. Um, <laughs> as soon as you give me his address, yes. uh, I was. Wondering, like, how the uh screenplay the the person who wrote it you said was in London or somewhere.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah. The, the writer we had hired about, write. to uh, at that time was also his name's Tony Peckham. He was and he was working on.
0: Did he write from, the screenplay, or he was the guy you hired to like? He, he didn't the do screenplay? the
3: original. Yeah, he was not the original writer. That was a, a, a guy named okay. Gary witta wrote the original draft, and then we had brought uh Tony in just to do some dialogue character stuff.
2: Because I was wondering how that worked, like. As a writer, would somebody be offended if if you were like, I'm taking my laptop. We're gonna make some changes. Oh, the,
5: oh that's the job. Yeah. 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 that's the that's job the you job. sign up for. Yeah, yeah. okay. Try visiting yes. the Happy Time Murders <laughs> set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: That was you. You wrote that movie, start to finish, right? That was just oh, yeah. you. <laughs>
4: wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
3: Yes, that happened. It happens all the time. Can I have a question about yeah. when
5: you met Denzel. Yeah, ask if you like to get wet.
3: Uh, a,
0: you you know, know what's crazy? It's
5: a Training Day is. reference for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't understand the joke. All right,
0: Dana, you had a follow-up. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Oh,
2: I forgot it because I was like, "What does he mean what? What was my question?" I
3: don't know. It was a
5: Glory reference. No, what was that? What was training, training Day? day. Oh, training train Day. Training Day, right? Yeah. Yeah, remember, he makes Ethan Hawke smoke weed. Oh, and then yeah. he smokes the weed, and he's like, I didn't know you like to get wet. You like to get wet? Because it's angel dust. The <laughs> weed has angel uh, dust on it. That's the line. I oh, thought it was yes. the pretty famous line is, from Training Day, but I guess not. Oh, but yes, I do that is. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Yes, yeah. that is true. <laughs> there you go. I there there you go. You go. saw <laughs> there there his script they
4: had at the Warner Brothers Museum, and so they
1: had it on display. And he has all these copious notes for every single line about his intentions. And wow. It's, it's really incredible. There's a lot wow. of work on every single bit. Wow.
3: Training
5: day? It was training It was training, I'm tra-
3: day,
5: I'm training day. Yeah, I'm no. training day script.
0: Anyway, I got wet. Yay. <laughs> all right. Time. All right.
5: Uh, mine's kind of a, a series of events that I will tie, kind of tie together. Great. A little bit. Okay. Uh, it's like a lost episode. Um, the I'm first so movie I remember seeing in a theater. So I grew up in New Orleans, and my mom would take us to movies all the time, because uh, it rained a lot. Uh-huh. Like in New Orleans, like in March and April and May it rains every day, and so you, oh. sometimes you go to the movies just to go do something because it's raining, or in the summer it's so hot and awful. Mm. But the first m- m- movie I remember distinctly ever seeing was called "Give My Regards to Broad Street," starring <laughs> Paul McCartney as himself. <laughs> what? Paul as Ma- himself. It's a wacky right. British comedy yep. where Paul McCartney plays himself, and uh, like the master tapes for his recording session. Uh, get stolen, or something. It's like a wacky. It's trying to be like a throwback to Hard Days Night or something. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. But (laughs) I remember seeing it. The reason I remember this is because it was pouring rain. My mom's like, "We're gonna go see a movie," and I was like, "What is it?"
0: And oh, so I
5: looked up when it came out. It came out. Well, it came out October twenty third, nineteen eighty five. Okay. I was six years old. Okay. (laughs) So I remember just going. There was no one in the theater. And so the movie was boring to me because I was six. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, do you care if I run around and play? She's like, No, I don't care. <laughs> like,
4: oh, that's go great. for it.
5: So I remember just being in this giant empty theater for 90 minutes, like, as this movie played. And you could hear, like, the rain on the roof of the cinema. Uh, and I just played for, like, an hour and a half, like, being a kid. Yeah. What um, did the other people in the awesome. theater think of this? No, there, there it was, was empty. No there, was there was no, was no one in the theater my It was a so that's what my screening, mom was like. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that was 1985. Uh, October 1985. This part of the story is important.
4: Okay. Okay.
5: So anyway, years later, so my first film I ever made, I was uh, 11 years old, or 10, it was the summer of 1990. Um, I borrowed my dad's video camera. Dick Tracy had just come out, the Warren Mm -hmm. Beatty, and I was really into it. So I made a 10 minute short called Dick Tracy versus Dr. Bubbles. <laughs> uh, I played Dr. Bubbles. Yeah. I did not take the lead you role. I did not warn Badia. You were
1: supporting That's
5: right. who did play my, Dick Tracy. My friend Ben, who lived down the street, uh, he played <laughs> Dick Tracy. I played Dr. Bubbles. Um, when I was 16, I made my first feature with my friends, because that was the summer Mission Impossible came out. So we made like mm-hmm. an airplane-type parody movie called Movie Implausible. And it was 90 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. It's long. It's pretty funny if you're 16. Yeah, Um, sure. So, and we all got, we had so much fun making it over the course of the summer. And I I wrote it and I directed it. And we all, all my friends, you know, we made it. And we had so much fun that the next summer, when I was 17, we made Movie Implausible 2. Oh, my gosh. Which is too and a half hours long, wow. oh my God. and a total disaster of a movie because we all just got big heads, and it's truly really like you could do a documentary about Less. the making of like, how yeah, we yeah. fought. Like we, one of my friends punched another one of my friends. Like
2: you were we were so serious. Our about production your film budget filmmaking. got out
5: of control. Like, we were focused way more on what locations we could go to and these long action sequences. This is
3: your Hearts of Darkness. Yeah, and it's just yeah. a total nightmare. And you
2: were a teenager. Yeah, I was it's, seventeen. I mean, it's. Impressive. When yeah. you know, when yeah. I was your age, yeah. I was playing clarinet in the marching band.
3: Yeah,
5: I, I, yeah. I didn't really like talk to girls or anything, but we uh, yeah. made movies. Um, but uh, but so the next summer, uh, I was we were working on a third movie. We, oh my god! But that summer, I got a job I'm working. Really
1: bad about myself. i prolific.
4: Right <laughs> that summer, I got a job
5: working uh, at a movie theater, and it was the movie theater, the Bell Promenade Cinema 14, that I had been to as a six-year-old oh, to wow. see Give My Regards to Broad Street. Wow. <laughs> so hmm. I was the the rover. Um, so this was my first movie job, by the way, As uh, I worked at this movie theater and I was the rover. And what the rover does is your job is to, this was in 1999, so um, your job is to clean the movies when they're done. Mm-hmm. You know before the next showing starts you the have to go got, <laughs> you. you have to go in and pick up all <laughs> the popcorn off the floor and right. sweep everything up real fast And if it's a really busy movie they give you a team of people like concession workers but usually it's just one dude who just comes in and does it. And so I was the rover. That was the summer. Also, my responsibility as the Rovers, so when all the movies are playing, you have nothing to do. So you just go watch movies. Yep. Um, so that was the summer that uh, Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace came
0: out. Oh, no. And
5: Lucasfilm or whoever, 20th Century Fox, had a deal with United Art Cinemas that you had to have showing starting at 10 in the morning up until midnight. Every day for two weeks, oh, man, and after three days, big. no one wanted to go see yeah. Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. So part of my job as the rover was I had to stay there with the manager until the last movie let out. Oh, so good. you had to show the movie even if no one bought a ticket for it because of policy. Because if someone showed up ten or fifteen minutes late, yeah. So I sat by myself in a theater for like a week and a half every night at midnight oh watching God. Star oh my Wars God. Episode One Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh so but anyway, God. here's where the story all comes together. One day, uh, the movie Broke Down Palace starring Claire Danes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Kate, Kate Back and Sail was playing. I know that movie. So the movie ends. And uh, as the rover, I then have to go into the theater and clean it. And oftentimes people would hang out after the movie was over because they were waiting for it to start over. I don't know. This is a thing. I don't know if it's a New Orleans thing, but people would show up like half an hour into a movie Uh and then just stay to watch the beginning. No.
1: I don't know if people still do that, but it definitely used to happen. It was a thing. I worked at a movie theater.
5: So So normally when a movie ends, uh, the house lights come on, like the automatic lights come on. So I walk into this theater. It was Theater 9, and it was one of our bigger theaters. And um, it's not the one where I saw... Give my regards to Broadway. Actually, I don't know because it was just so long ago. But anyway, so I walk in and the um, the house lights had never come back on. So the theater is pitch black, other than for the the light that's up in the projection booth. Is kind of like, but like no one was really in the theater. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna look for big popcorn buckets or whatever. Yeah. So I walk into the movie and I see my own like the light is casting my own shadow like kind of up on the screen. And I hear something. Like the, I hear a noise, and oftentimes kids would hang out at the, in the movie when it was over. And so I, I hear a kid, like a noise, like laugh. And I turn around and I see the shadow of a child like, as if he's like popping up to scare me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I turn around and I'm like, "Who's in here?" And there's no voice. There's no one in this theater. So I'm like, "This is weird. I'm seeing things. So I go out to the manager's office. And I'm like, hey, I just saw the weirdest thing. Uh, I could have swore there was a kid. And the manager and all the other employees look at me. And they're like, was it in Theater (gasps) 9? (laughs)
4: <laughs> and I was like,
5: yeah, yeah, it was. And they're like, you haven't heard the story? Oh. And I was like, what story? Awesome. So they told me this story about how in 1985, uh, when Back to the Future was playing. So it was like summer of 85. And
1: you were there in October of 85. I was there in
5: October seeing so Give My Regards to Broad Street. Yeah.
4: <laughs> there was
5: a kid who, before the movie was starting, um, okay, so when you go see a movie, at least it used to be like this at this kind of theater. You know, there's curtains on the side. Yes. And yeah. And mm-hmm. there's always space in between the screen and the wall behind it. Okay. Uh, because they put speakers back there. They used to put the speakers behind the screen. So a lot of movie theaters use the area, um, that area for storage. Like, uh-huh. because there's curtain and there's mm-hmm. a sweet of space. So this theater apparently yeah. used to use that. They would store um, bibs. Uh, if you ever worked uh, in a restaurant or something, it's like, the bo- big, giant, heavy boxes of syrup, that, uh, hmm. like Coca-Cola syrup, yes. uh-huh. that you hook up to a soda machine. Uh-huh. But they're really big and heavy. And so apparently they used to stack the bibs back there. Okay. And it was basically like a giant Jenga of these giant like, 50-pound <laughs> things. And there was a kid who, before the movie started, was playing around. Mm. And the stack of bibs fell over <gasps> and hit this kid. And he fell and he hit his head on the ground and smacked his head and went to the hospital and apparently did not make it. And oh,
3: my. and allegedly
5: his ghost had been haunting the theater. Oh,
3: why wouldn't it haunt the
5: hospital? I don't know. And hey,
1: when you came here tonight, you didn't you that's... ask us if the house was haunted? I did.
5: But I, I don't believe in ghosts, like, at all. But I saw something this You saw I saw really? something this I mean, there was, and it a, was ghost. a ghostly but, figure that laughed at you. But when you I, saw I, I, and I I and heard a voice, I you, swear yes. to God, I saw a kid. That's awesome. And then true. I walk into the manager, and they all knew which theater I was talking yep. about. And then they all had this story. How do
1: you not How believe How do you not believe? believe? I guess I do. Yeah, you I have guess I do. No, it was
5: really weird. But I've never been like a. A ghost person. It's mm-hmm. just when you go up in New Orleans, like, there's ghosts everywhere. Right, right, right. I have to yeah. go. But no, it was really weird. And um, they all knew what I was talking about. And then, of course, everyone had a story of when they had seen the kid. Like, the projectionist saw him in the projection booth once. And <gasps> everyone, like, I have no idea if this story is true about this kid, <laughs> like, dying. How old was the kid? I don't know. Poor um, kid
0: having to watch Broke Down Palace. Over there. I, know. I mean, I, mean, I that like is... that movie, but it's not a kids' movie. But anyway,
5: so it all tied together. I don't even really know if it was true that it was Back to the Future playing, but um, uh, but yeah, it was pretty crazy, and uh, that was the one only time I saw a ghost. Can I ask you a question? Sure.
3: So just for my own clarity, <laughs> this kid died in, ni- in the summer of 1985. Uh-huh. Back to the Future. You, in October of 1985, were allowed to freely yes. run through this the theater yes. where we some kid does. died doing it, uh-huh. yeah. where some
5: kid had died running around. It feels like that's before. not a
0: real story. It's 100% a real story. Yeah. I believe it. Is. Are you accusing I believe our it. guest of not telling your real I'm story? accusing the community around him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Wait, you don't oh.
2: think the kid's story is a real
5: story? Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, Maybe okay. I would right. not be
5: surprised if that was not a real story at all. Yeah, but yeah, uh, if they just knew you were in theater?
0: But everybody knew yeah. it.
5: Everyone knew the legend of this kid. Yeah, but
0: everybody knows the legend of the hook hand on the fifth. Thing, and that's traveled everywhere. Okay. Should, I, I'm
5: sure I could probably Google and find <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. you yeah. saw it's weird. No
2: matter whether the story's true or not, you definitely saw it. I, I saw something. You had with
5: I saw something in that theater and I even yelled at the kid. I was like, get out. You know Why
2: were you so mean to him? He was wanting to communicate to you about his death. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, he didn't realize what <laughs>
0: he the <time. time>. <laughs> He first. thought it was
3: just his little hooligan. <laughs>
2: You actually gave him the respect of treating
0: him like he was a human child. <laughs> <Yes>. You said <laughs> nice. you had some sort of follow up on happy time from my story. Is that here now? Or am I wrong?
5: I don't remember. Wait, what? I said this the other night.
0: No, just now. Didn't he? Never mind. About going to Santa Clarita, maybe. Or? Maybe. No. It doesn't matter. No.
1: Did you All right. can talk about writing did you have the a movie. toilet uh, bathroom?
0: <laughs> no, I did not uh, have. Yeah,
5: writers um, get nothing. Yeah. 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 I was. Uh, No. (laughs) Well, oh, my follow up to your story is that you were saying. So I direct often, right? And I have directed three features, and I directed the whole first season of a television show. And I just been shooting for five weeks. And when you're the director on set, like
1: that's
4: different.
5: Everyone treats you as you're like the captain of a ship, right? Right, And everyone's like captain on deck. And everyone, if someone bumps into you, they're very sorry because you (laughs) might get them fired. Yeah. Yeah. And then to go into a set, like I went to go visit the Happy Time set, where you're the writer and no one knows who you are. And if someone bumps into you, it's your fault and they tell you to get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's really weird going from a set where like you are in charge and yeah. everyone respects you, to going to a set where no one knows who you are or cares. Because yeah. everyone is so focused on their own thing, yeah. you know? And like if you're Which not they their... would
1: not have had you not written it. By exactly. Right? So I'm saying, yeah. <laughs>
5: but it's weird because everyone's in their own department, so all the yeah. like grips know each other, but right. they don't really care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And all the wardrobe people know each other, and they don't really care anybody. You know, it's 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 weird. It's like little gangs form. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And everyone's very respectful, but like no one cares about your feelings. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm the crazy kid that walks around with the biggest smile on my face and says <laughs>
0: hi to everyone
2: like I know them. <laughs> I just, like, I know them. I just feel like,
0: oh, we're a team. I just assume I'm out. bothering it, it everybody, works. so I just go like, and then someone will be like, hello. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'll talk to you. Yes. I just thought you didn't want to be bothered. I
2: think people just feel sorry for me. They're like, that's somebody's kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! Mary Jo, bring Okay. Us
1: All right, so I was going to talk about the first movie I was in, but... Last month, I talked about being in a movie, so I'm not going to do that. Cause I mean, month... I
0: would love to hear Austin Powers Well, so.
1: my first movie, I was Austin Powers. It was Austin, the second Austin Powers. I've been in a lot of sequels. <laughs> um, the second Flintstones. Hell uh, yeah, the, the oh, yeah Viva Beethoven, Rock Beethoven, Vegas. Smith, a lot of sequels. Uh, but I was the evil lesbian unibrow in, in, uh, in second Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> and, and the most fascinating thing about that is that, uh, and then I'll tell my, the other story I was going to tell uh is that my unibrow was built one hair at a time wow. and they had me come to the set for like uh, uh i had to be fit fit for a wig but also this uh unibrow and they just were placing all these little hairs and then they would march me out to the set because they were shooting and then mike myers and jay roach the director would like check me out and they'd be like not enough Send her back to the chair! And they put in more hairs that come back out. Still not enough! Send her back to the chair. So they built that whole thing on this little prosthetic thing that they then peeled off and then put on for my. Yeah. Did you
0: audition for that or you got it because. No, I
1: was given. Maybe I should just do this. Um, Mindy Sterling, who uh, played Frau for Mm Abyssinia and who I knew from the groundlings. And Mike Myers was not a groundling. He was Second City, but he used to come and play at the theater occasionally. And so. Uh, I had met him, but I didn't know him well at all. But, Mind, you know, Mindy was in the movie, had been in the first movie. And so uh, the evil uh, Unibrow, who is a uh, LGB uh, lesbian golf pro, <laughs> um, is Frau Farbissen lover in the movie. And so they said, do you have anybody that you would want to have play this part? And she was like, yes, I know the perfect person. So I got very lucky oh, um, cool. and, that, and I was just offered that. Um, It was a very small world, but it was a really fun day, and um, just a crazy, really fun time.
0: I want you to tell your other story, but do you get recognized? Um, No.
1: I don't ever get recognized, but I will say that one of the things that I am kind of like stupidly most proud of is that uh, they put a game out for Austin Powers, and it has all these trading cards. Hmm. And I have a trading (gasps) card. Wow. Wow. And it's one of the rare ones. So, like, it's hard (laughs) to come by. So, yeah, that's kind of a cool thing, that I have a trading card. That's amazing.
3: Do you have one? one?
1: I actually do. A friend of mine, um, for a gift, like, bought a whole bunch of the games and just, you know, hoped that he would find one and did and had it framed in Lucifer. That's awesome. It's very cool. cool. It's it's like a really cool, nerdy thing that I just kind of love. But that's not my story. Um, Although I, too, the first movie I ever saw, and I don't have a memory of this my mother uh would tell you that the first movie i ever saw was also a disney re-release of um 101 dalmatians and when it was over i was sobbing and my mother said what is why are you crying and i said because it's over so i love movies okay so um this is another story about how much i love movies this was the so i I, i when i was a kid um and I think I've talked about this before. We we didn't have TV. We weren't allowed to watch TV, and um we lived off the grid a lot. Long story, uh, hippies and all that kind of stuff. But um <laughs> and we had a few. My dad had this weird black and white reel to reel recorder that he had recorded three movies off of. One was Wizard of Oz. So for a very long time, I didn't know there was any color in it. Oh, and it's right. really really weird. And then um. Gone with the Wind, which I've seen more times than Mm -hmm. I can count, and Rosemary's Baby, which I absolutely love. Rosemary's Baby. So even Mm -hmm. as a kid, I really really loved this movie. So um, this is a story of me wanting to see a movie that I was not supposed to see, (laughs) and that I found, and that I, and that I committed a crime in order to see it. And the the thing about this is, I don't know how I got into the theater because nobody should have let me into a kid by themselves to see this movie. The movie was The Towering Inferno. <laughs> I think it's
4: rated
3: PG.
1: Okay, so if you don't know about this movie, um, this movie is uh, about a, it's basically the Titanic of arch- like of architect movies, right? <laughs> of of architecture movies. This was the a movie about a state of the art uh, high rise on its opening day which is like a big deal, like the opening of a building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? A it's not a big deal, but... Ed.
3: Yes. <laughs> that is basically literally stole that premise. It's called
1: Skyrise,
3: right? Skyrise. Sky Sky yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is state-of-the-art and like Titanic, like this building should be able to protect itself in any kind mm-hmm. of emergency. <laughs> just because it's like, it's state-of-the-art. Yeah. So like, there's, if, it, if there was a fire, it would just be, it would be fine. No, no Yeah, there's no <laughs> reason to worry. <laughs> By the way, this we starred uh, Steve McQueen, yeah. Paul Newman, uh, Richard Chamberlain, uh, Robert Wagner, uh, Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire, wow, uh-huh, and O.J. Simpson. <laughs> That's
5: right. Charlton Heston in that or he's an earthquake? He's, he's an earthquake. earthquake. He's an earthquake.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was a kid and I really wanted to see this movie and my parents said you can't see this movie. And um, I was living in a really small town called Willits, which is up in Northern California, mm-hmm. And um, they have a little movie theater there called the Noyo Theater, and it's still there because I was there a few years ago, and it was right where I, I'd left it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's really like cool, like front like twenties deco, like cool sign. But Willis is as is, mm-hmm. is dying as a town because the one hundred and one bypassed it. Uh, digress, but it, because of that, like the, the the town is just dying, and so the the theater today looks very sad. But it was this cool like retro deco theater. That wasn't in great shape, but not bad for a small town. And uh, we had seen Mary Poppins in that same theater. My mother uh, had taken a whole bunch of kids and put, and so you, know, you put all the kids in one row and then you sit behind the kids so you can keep an eye on them. And in the middle of the movie, uh, there was an earthquake and my mother stood up and like hovered over all of us. Oh, and wow. I thought, wow. thought she was a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, anyway, so um, they said, No, you can't see this movie. And for me, uh, I mean, don't, I don't, you can't tell me what I can't do. Um, so I'm going to find a way to see this movie. Um, and I don't have any money. And um, my mother had this um, big piggy bank. And it was this huge, it was her father's. And it was really big. It was like the, like uh, I don't know, like the size of a, Really big watermelon, like a big, and it had this weird fuzzy skin on it. Like, and it was really old because it was her father's as a kid, and it was full, it was very heavy. And um, it sat on the floor in her bedroom, and every now and then we would put, you know, coins in it or whatever. Like, there still had some room in it, but it, like, for years it had been filled up with money. And uh, I decided that I was gonna steal mm-hmm. the money <gasps> for my ticket. From the, it had a little like rubber stopper on the bottom, and I knew that
0: it had a little rubber stopper on the bottom. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. How did you see previews for this if you didn't have TV?
1: I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know why. Everyone knew about the towering in front of. I don't know why I was so obsessed. Here's the thing: we didn't have TV, but we did live not far from this little store called Western Auto. I may have talked about this before. Western Auto was like. Today, like Walmart has everything. Mm -hmm. This was Walmart on a much, much smaller scale. So they sold like one of everything, (laughs) including like they sold recliner chairs and they sold televisions. So they would have like a couple of recliner chairs facing a couple of televisions. And we would sneak out of the house and go sit at Western Auto and watch TV in the recliner chair. They chase wow. us out, and Blue Boys come back. Um, so probably that's where I saw it. Um, so I and I was I was not. This was my not only my first uh, first time like really being obsessed with the movie. I guess that's what the story is. But this was also my first crime.
4: Oh. Um,
1: that I stole this money, and I was terrified. I was so scared that I was going to do this, but I was really determined. And I I remember being in my in my parents' room and feeling like my heart beating in my chest is like I'm at my anticipating what I'm about to do that I'm going to go steal from my mother, Ooh. from my mother's beloved father's piggy bank. There might yeah. be collector's
0: coins in there. Well, there could be. Like I might have
1: used like an, uh, like a like buffalo an Indian nickel. penny yeah. or something. Else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and like pulling the stopper out and, like, be, trying to be really quiet and really careful and then finally getting it out. And then, like, coins, like, <laughs> falling out of them, oh which I hadn't God. anticipated of, like, the glut of coins and, <laughs> and having to stop it and put and put the thing, the rubber stopper back in and then, put like, take the money that I needed, put all the rest of the money back. So I go to the movie. I'd seen Rosemary's Baby. I really loved Rosemary's Baby. It seems crazy that after seeing Rosemary's Baby that something like... Um, The Towering Inferno would
0: scare me. Mm -hmm. Also, that your parents would let you see Rosemary. Yeah, Yeah, but but not that you see Towering Inferno. I'm curious,
5: like, what was your alibi? Where did your parents think you were when you? My parents
0: never paid attention to anywhere.
5: Okay, cool. So,
1: so so I somehow got into this theater, and it was very similar. Like, there was hardly any. It was middle of the day, hardly anybody in this theater, and I got dressed up for it. Mm -hmm. I put on tights. And a little dress oh. and like Mary Jane shoes and oh. I was like I'm going to the movies <laughs> and somehow got into this theater and I bought popcorn and because uh, I stole enough money for popcorn and I sat there and I started to watch this movie and as I sat there I had I didn't and I didn't think this movie was going to scare me I just thought it would be really fun and I don't know if you've seen this movie but it's really I mean look it's a 70s you know, um, uh, disaster, disaster movie. Allen, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's way over the top, but I didn't know that. All I knew was, this movie scared the fucking crap out of me. <laughs> this movie's the building, get, you know, there's a party and everything's fabulous in front of stair and whatever, and, and then the building starts to catch on fire and O.J. Simpson's running around doing a lot of stuff. And then there's a lot of like, politics that come into play of like you find out that like somebody's cut corners on the price of the building (laughs) you know and then oh the mayor covered it up because you're trying to get re-elected like there's all this stuff going on that's way above my head but then i somehow know like the stakes are really high in this movie and it's i'm starting to get like really freaked out and on the outside of the building is a glass elevator and they're trying to evacuate people because, of course, the party's, like, on the top floor or whatever, right? Yeah. So they're trying to evacuate people out of this building, down the the elevator of the exterior of the building, this glass elevator. And, of course, like, explosions are happening and sparks are flying and Faye Dunaway is screaming. <laughs> and um, the, and they're, uh, the elevator gets stuck. And so now there's all these people, like, pressed up against the glass, like, help us and get us out of this elevator. And then they have a... Um, A helicopter that flies in with a a dangling basket because the elevator is starting to crack and ah! fall off the building. And people are screaming and it's pandemonium. And I'm so scared. And I'm sitting in this room going, I'm so scared, but I can't leave. Like, I can't. (laughs) Uh, Even though nobody really knew I was there, but, like, I couldn't leave. And I couldn't give up on myself. Like, I had to. And I was so scared. And I was scared that somebody was going to grab me. Out from under my seat like that, I started to get really freaked out. And Does like, that happen in the film? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I sat there, uh, and uh, there was a there's a scene where a woman falls out of the ele- the elevator. Spoiler alert! Uh, falls out of the glass elevator to her death down you know like fifty uh. stories, and she's just screaming. And there's fire, fire, and smoke, and screaming. And I peed in my oh. seat. Oh. oh I was so scared. Oof. And I peed in my seat, oh, my and I was wearing tights. Oh. I was seven. Okay. Yeah. And I was wearing tights. And how did you get in there? I don't know how I got in there. Who let a seven-year-old oh, no. I got, oh, and, I peed, I peed, and I peed, and, and the movie wasn't over yet, and I couldn't put my feet down because I was just so scared. And I sat there mm. in my pee-covered tights, and I oh. watched the end of the movie, oh, my God. and I was so proud of myself as I, like, you know, me and my chafing thighs left the theater with all, you know, just that I was so like,
2: I was so proud of myself that I went, that I made it through that movie.
1: Oh my God. See,
0: I
2: I feel like I would have been like, God made me pee on myself because I (laughs) still.
0: No. (laughs) I saw The Witches by myself when I was probably like, I don't know, 10 or 11. I'm trying to remember what age. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was... Terrified, And I I muscled through it because I was like, my parents were in another theater next door seeing a different movie. Yeah. Uh And what comforted me was if it gets too bad, you can go. Uh Uh-huh. Seven? I mean, I did see Poltergeist when I was four, but I was in my living room. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes.
1: No, I went by myself and I was fucking terrified. I just didn't know that that... I didn't think... I thought it was going to be exhilarating like a roller coaster. I thought that it was going to be, and it was, but it just, scared. it just felt so real to me. Like, Rosemary's Baby it doesn't feel real. This felt like we could, any of us could die in a fire at any moment. We could yeah. all be done. Yeah. Right now, a fire could break out, and maybe not all of us would get out.
0: Right yeah. now. Do you I think, might. Do you think there was some, like, residual <laughs> trauma very, uh, from that? Do I what? Is there any, like, there are books I read that were inappropriate for me at an age that I feel like have caused a weird... kind of inappropriate paranoia about certain scenarios
2: yeah like are you scared of big buildings now well I lived downtown before
1: I lived here before we bought this house I lived downtown at 1100 Wilshire which is a very tall Mm. I lived on the 33rd Mm. floor and um there were a couple of times where there were fires and we had to walk down 33 flights of stairs Mm -hmm. um and I and I was fine with it I like it didn't freak out it wasn't it never felt like we were gonna die Mm. um I don't know, I just think that movie, for whatever the, for, I have much worse fears about death than fire. Like, Mm -hmm. I
3: feel like. That's not the top, mm -hmm. top five. No,
1: no, like, I think it would be much, you would die of smoke inhalation probably before you Mm burned, so, like, I think it would be much worse, I think the worst way to die is death by axe from the feet up. Oh. because how long would you survive before you like passed out a from while. either pain or like mm-hmm. yeah you'd at least probably survive to the knee I like that, that you thought
0: about just, this oh, oh, thought I've never seen anything lot. where someone yeah. was murdered by ax from the feet up other than could like happen. misery mm-hmm. you know it could happen I will say you know, not hobbling
5: I mentioned earlier I worked at the movie theater and occasionally I would have to be an usher like, uh, if someone called in sick and I never once cared about the age of the person and what movie they were going to see uh, for one time.
4: Really? Like
5: if a seven year old had walked up with a ticket to go see like Halloween 6, yeah. I would have been like, it's the- it's down there on the right.
0: Internet. Wow. Because
5: that's not my problem. It wouldn't
0: have unsettled you at all. Seven year olds are small. Yeah. I mean. I remember I, buying st-
1: the ticket. I remember, because the, the Noyo Theater has one of those cool, like in front of the Pantages, like one of those old ticket booths mm-hmm. out front. You know, yeah. I it, guess it, it's so like
0: children at the box office. Dealing with children, right? Well, so yeah, we, at care. my, well, at the theater
5: I worked at was a cold war between the, if you worked in the box office, you're like, you know what? I'm sure the usher's going to check their ID. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, That's you know, and then I was like, well, I'm sure they must have checked their ID in the uh-huh. box office. Therefore, yeah. no one checked any anyone's ID. Um, but all the time, like seven-year-old, eight-year-old kids would Show up with tickets to movies because their parents just drop them off, yeah. Wow. And you just assume yeah. they know what they're doing, and they were allowed to go see whatever it is they're going to go see. Yeah,
3: yeah. for sure. Like yeah. like nine and ten, I feel like I would just go, I would just go ride my bike up to the theater and be like, "I'll one for Die Hard, two please." And like nine okay, here go. and
0: ten is very different than seven. seven.
1: So, but even still, like sometimes there will be an uh, I was gonna say Nazi, but probably we shouldn't joke about Nazis these days. But uh, like somebody <laughs> it'll really, be funny really again, hardcore works. in in a box office, like when I was a teenager and we went to see. Uh, We went to see, I guess I, I don't know how old it was, but uh, we went to see Christine, the Stephen Mm King movie about the car. Mm -hmm. And um, we'd already seen it like five or six times. We were all obsessed with it, and we used to recreate it. One person would drive, and somebody would run in front of the car. Oh. <laughs> yeah. super cool. And we had seen it so many times, we knew the whole thing. And so when they turned us away at the box office, we were so furious that we acted out the entire thing in the parking lot. Uh,
2: <laughs> wow, you showed them.
1: Yeah, we
0: did. <laughs> Screw you, teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: watch this. We will yeah. we'll commit vehicular manslaughter <laughs> on your it. premises. Look,
2: you all kind of
1: wiped off too, you motherfucker.
4: Fuckers! Yay.
0: Yay! All right, everyone, tell people where they can find you on social media. Things you want to promote. This is coming out. Uh,
1: September 1st. This is for September 1st, so what are you doing Dana. in September,
2: Dana? Firstly, I'd like to say happy birthday to myself on September 1st. Yay! Happy <laughs> okay. um, And then I also have a podcast called Absolute Worst Podcast. Yes. Yep. You can find us on all the social medias. Um, it is not safe for work. Mm. Um, I also occasionally perform at Westside and the Groundlings in different places, so you can kind of watch my social media yes. for that. Stuff. What is your social media? Oh, uh, my! <laughs> sorry, my. I thought you were gonna look up the podcast first, but my Instagram is at Dana Powell's. My name's Dana Powell, but somebody took that jerk. Jerks. So I put only an one S. L. No, nope, two L's, L's okay. and then one F. S. Yeah, and I'm just Dana Powell on Facebook and Twitter at Dana Powell.
4: Perfect. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Ethan, uh, I'm trying to think if I have anything to promote. Oh, Superfly is on. Uh, is a movie I made that came out over the summer. Um, that look. I can only say this about movies: you can all you can do is make a good movie and hope people show up. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't always happen. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you just make a good movie, or sometimes people show up and you didn't make a good movie. <laughs> but uh, this one is is a good movie that kind of you know was released opposite Incredibles two, so, yeah. <laughs> so it sort of got Sorry. buried. But it comes out on on September eleventh on on, 11th on, uh, on DVD Blu ray and uh, and iTunes. Check it out, and also check out Void. Uh, Meredith Berg's film yes. that I, yes. that on, that Amazon. I on Amazon. And you now have a Twitter. Oh, I have a Twitter. Mr. Ethan Irwin, I think is what it is. Or it's Ethan Irwin 3. Either way, they're, they're probably... are Mr. Ethan Irwin. It's great.
0: I'm gonna follow you
3: right <laughs> now. Mr. Ethan Irwin, You alright? Irwin with
5: an I or an uh, E? Oh, with an E. Yes. Uh I am on Twitter as the TheTodberger. Yes, you are. Um, I'm TDs. on Instagram. I think it's Johnny Voodoo or The Johnny Voodoo. If you just don't search know, my name. It's fine. Not. I know. Just search my name. You'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. It's a picture of me. Um and I have a website todd-burger.com where you can see all everything I've ever done. All my okay. short films, links to all my features, my novel that I wrote that you can purchase on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Uh and oh, question, sorry. Are the movie, the movie improbable films also available on this site? They're actually I used to have on when I first made this website, five or six years ago, I had a, a portion called The Teen Years. <laughs> <laughs> and you could click on it and I had I had like the trailers that we oh, cut so for these cool. movies. Ooh, and then one cool. day I decided this is embarrassing and I took it all down. So oh. you, should oh. it you should put it back up. back somewhere up.
4: Where
3: if they just randomly click
5: yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like an escape room. Ooh, like an Easter egg. Now that yeah. you say that, I yeah. think it actually is still in existence. Like when I made it in iWeb, I just removed the link <laughs> to it.
4: So, 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 so
5: even if you go to my website and put in the teen years, it might still be there for Ooh, wow. um, But yeah, and i go, go see the Happy Time Murders. Yeah. Um, yeah. If this is September so 1st, good. it'll still be in theaters. Yes, it yeah. will. Check it out, only in theaters. Only in theaters. I
2: laughed my face off. Me yes. too. Okay. It was fun.
1: Yay. Manager. Um,
2: well, you can
1: find me on Twitter at Mary jo LA. You can find me on Instagram at Mary jo underscore LA. You can find me on Facebook at Mary Jo Smith. Mm -hmm. Chick. Chick, -Chick, T-Chick McClure, who is our co-producer and takes all the amazing photographs for the website. You can find him at T-Chick Photo on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, too, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm Colleen Smee on uh, Twitter and Colleen Marie Smee, S-M-I. On Instagram. Uh, Ian you didn't
1: is, do your usual
0: C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S-M-I. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Ian is Ian Screams on all things. Ian
3: Screams. And this month of, I'm playing a show on the 14th of September. Ooh.
0: He's playing a show on the 14th of September. Hey, give a, September. Give him a goddamn microphone. Give him a microphone, uh,
1: Dana.
4: Uh, playing a show the 14th of <laughs> September at uh, Cafe Nila.
3: And uh, I'm going to put a song on this episode that we will perform probably. Is so. this Biblical?
0: Yeah. That's, that's biblical performing?
3: Proof of yep. UFOs. Yep. Yeah. Which is Ian's band. <laughs>
0: and all of that's the great. music at the beginning of and end of every episode is an original song by Ian or Ian's band. Biblical Proof of UFOs. It has nothing to do with... Religion is just a name. Um, (laughs) Stop asking. For the record, Ian smells lovely. Yes, Yes, he does. He is a delight, and he's a handsome man. Yes, he is. Oh, and yes, please go see the Happy Time Murders. It's friggin' awesome. It is friggin' awesome, but
1: don't bring your kids. It is not. It's not a kids' kids. movie.
3: Let them discover that for themselves when they're seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When we all are the inappropriate age that they will see that. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks very much. Woo!